This following episode contains spoilers for the film or films being discussed. You have been warned. remember the big moments in the movies we see, the big set pieces, the famous dialogue, the twists, the naked times. But film is an entity made up of hundreds of little moments that either make them special or relegate them to obscurity. We are here to talk about those moments. Welcome to Movie Microscope. Kick it, Movie Microscope. Today's episode is Just Cause. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the latest movie, Microscope. My name is Nick Nunziata, and I'm your gracious host. Alongside me, the mountaceous, monumental, cretaceous, extra spacious, sweeter than the night is dude, Mr. Justin Waddell. How's it going, man? Oh, man. It's going well. Back from back from abroad, Nick, being abroad. Uh, well, it is that kind of a, a environment. You can do that without any real repercussions, right? It's getting there. America's Women are gonna... in a great spot. Yeah, they're going to start passing laws that make you harass women, I think, in this country. And reward you for it, I think. I might have um, to relaunch Chud then, because... <laughs> I was in Scotland. It's my second trip ever overseas. Are you Scottish? I am not. What a big waste. <laughs> but went and visited that, that place. Have you ever been? No, I was supposed to go two years ago, and it didn't happen. I stepped out of the, uh, you know, out of the airport and immediately said that I was American. I just want everybody to know because I just want to be respected over there. Pretty, I think it doesn't take them long to figure out that I'm fanny American. Pack, fanny pack, <laughs> red. I had, hat. A, I had a sling. I, I used a sling a little bit, and I wonder if is that the new fanny pack? Fanny packs aren't cool. So like a sling, like a small, like is that is that cool? That's probably not cool either, huh? What you need is a Wookie belt. I think that's the only thing you can cool out with. I don't know what that is. You know, like Chewbacca has that utility <laughs> belt. Is that what you're walking around with? What is, what is it? It's it's like the what do they call that? It's like the gunslinger. There's a name for, for it, but yeah. yeah, it's it's something. We can't zoom in, but it's something. I rewatched I Solo yesterday. Actually, did you? Why? Because I like I that love, movie. But, I love yeah. it, and and it, I don't know what the real reasoning was. I think I needed it. I needed to make sure that Lady Proxima was still okay. It's been a while since I visited her. Iconic, iconic character. Um, so that movie's pretty good. I, I've seen the end of it recently. I I watched a bunch of you know the the, the plane ride. At, we flew through Amsterdam, and that it's a pretty long plane ride, Nick. It's like an eight eight hour ride, and they were offering up a lot of movies. One of the first movies I saw on offer was the the Tom Cruise movie, The Mummy, which I have also rewatched very recently. <laughs> there is a do you know there's a game that they made from that movie that's yeah. supposed to be fantastic. It's like, it's kind of, I don't know if it's a Metroidvania type game. It's something that's like old school, but they said the game's really great. It's called like Mummy Unbound or something. You don't have it, do you? No. Anyway, the movie, not so well received. Let me zoom in. But not awful. Actually, there's there's stuff I kind of liked about it. 
It killed a whole plan for the dark universe. I never would blame a film for that. I would blame wimpy people in in offices. Same thing with Star Wars. People are wimpy. They wimp out. They don't follow their vision. Can you imagine if if uh, it's a bad example? But Austin Powers wasn't really a hit when it came out. Kind of found it grew, its legs later. Yeah, it grew into being a hit. Mm-hmm. Not that we needed more, but actually, I don't hate some of that. But are you suggesting the Mummy might take should have taken a similar tra- trajectory as Austin Powers? <laughs> No, I'm saying that make your shit follow through. It'll okay. find its it'll find an audience or it won't. You they definitely made they definitely made their shit when they made the money money mummy. I can't even say it. I wanted to see um, Russell Crowe traipsing around as you know Doctor Jekyll and all that shit. I remember they had that big photo right of like uh, all the would be Universal monsters. One of the characters was going to be played by one Johnny Depp. Wasn't Javier Bardem going to be in it too? I think. Was Depp going to be the Invisible Man? I think Bardem was going to be Frank and Asshole. They should still do it. They got to do something with those characters. People miss them on screens, you know. I mean, we need a good a good Frankenstein movie every now and again that could super fail at the box office. There hasn't been one out that's super failed for years. It's true. Was was Frankenstein like any iteration of that ever a hit? Like other, in the other last than Eckhart? years. <laughs> <laughs> Was that called Fra- Frankenstein Frank- Unbound? Wasn't it I Frankenstein? It was. Frankenstein. <laughs> there was another one called Frankenstein Roger, Unbound. Roger Corman did that one, yeah. Well, what was the one that um Mary the, Shelley's boy, Frankenstein? No, our boy um John Landis's kid, Max Landis did one. Are you kid? Did he really? He did, did one, it, he did it was made for, with Radcliffe. Yeah, I remember that sort of. Wasn't it? But it wasn't a maybe there's a period of time where public domain characters just they die and don't have any more audience left in the future. You know, they just wither right. away. Victor Frankenstein, that was his movie. Oh, okay. I mean, Tar they keep making Tarzan movies, but maybe the world's moved past Tarzan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they they had that one a couple years ago that no one went to see. Was Skarsgård? Yes. Stellan. And then so <laughs> Stellan. But I mean, I'm right about that, right? They don't; those movies aren't making bank. You know, they just, can't figure out a way to get the Universal monsters to right. get the money. I, I figured it out. Mm-hmm. You and I need to put this together, listeners. Just remember, you were on the ground floor when this came together. Maybe we'll kickstart this. We can all do it. Think about <laughs> this, right? Feral child left in the woods, living with the apes, speaking, you know, speaking ferret, catching piranha, just living the dream in the jungle. All of a sudden, oh, here's the machinery of, of a white man. The white man is encroaching into his forest. Modern mm-hmm. day. Not this is not back in the day. This is modern day. You know, he keeps he keeps seeing these creatures in the sky, which are drones, and they clear the area out for a music festival. Okay. Thinking that maybe there's a new form of prey that he can interact with and just just devour. He 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 saunters into the scene, passes a couple of porta potties, sees a couple of people tripping balls, but he looks like a rock star. So they some, some security people grab him and rush him to the stage, stick an axe in his hand. Turns out he's Guitarzan. He's a star, a savant, this rocket ass doing stuff people haven't seen ever on a stage. Somehow all of his stepping on weird jagged rocks in the in the streams ha- has created a, a wah pedal virtuosity never seen before. His fingers have the, have the dexterity of a million licking centipedes just going up and down the fretboards, making sounds that have never been heard before. You know, this, get, some, get some roadhead. So now, is this 
is this a like the the movie version of that song Guitarzan by Wait, there's a song called Guitarzan. There's a song called Guitarzan by Ray is, I can't remember Stevens? his name. He was Ray Stevens. That yeah. That comedian so. fuck. I think he has a song called Guitarzan if okay. I'm not mistaken. Well, well, I'm sorry I didn't know that existed. Forget everything I just said. No, that's amazing that you didn't know. And I'm sure your premise is a lot better than the premise of that song. But maybe maybe eerily similar. I like to think of him at a music festival. You know, would he be shirtless? Because that's already loincloth. He's already like, and he's so muscled out, right? You know, people like to see a little eye candy on stage. You know, right? You know, the thing about Tarzan though, he was always like they always try to take him out of the wood, the you know, the woods, the jungle, and then educate him, put him in suits. Yeah, and then he would shed that suit. Remember, he'd rip the suit off. Yeah. And then revert to his natural state. And then there's a lesson that is learned by the white lady or whoever mm-hmm. that his way might be the right way. Not getting caught up in, in, in society's norms and the, and the pseudo sophisticated lifestyle that we try to lead. Maybe Tarzan right, got yeah. it right. Yeah. He also learned a, another a very important lesson. What's that? He's hot. Yeah. She did. You know what I'm saying? Man. Yeah. His jungle pelvis, man. Pam, pam, pam. Anyway, could I maybe I'll mend it and it'll be um, I'll do a different universal monster. It'll take place in 19. I don't know. 92, 94 out of the swamp merges this lizard gill man, toxic stuff that's been pumped in from Japan. Weird out. He, he crawls out factory. Sega's factory goes in there as a savant with their latest video game creature from the Panzer Dragoon. What do you think? Are you, now you basing this on the Ray Stevens song? Fuck, I did it again. <laughs> I recently bought that game for the Switch. By the way, they had it for like they, three dollars. That game still exists. I it does, and they remaster some. I never played it. That's why I bought it. It's supposed to be fun. I is it not good? It's fun to say. It's on rails, man. It's 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 like Space Harrier. You're moving around on the dragon, just flying around doing shit. Scotland, you did it. You went there. How was the food? There's a lot of pasta, surprisingly. We ate it like a... Didn't eat a lot of Scottish food, I guess. Didn't... You know, my wife had some fish and chips. Delight. What did I have that was... What was I, I love that. I love seeing that show, by the way. Ava Goda, Eric Estrada, and Larry Wilcox. <laughs> by the way... Yeah. Isn't there a character in this movie named Wilcox? Fishman? Maybe. I had, I had a little bit of black pudding, which I've never had. I guess something I haven't had over here, but I think you can get over here. I think that's just pudding, except Danzig held it. <laughs> I didn't have I didn't have the traditional like the haggis. Right. I didn't have any like I didn't go out too far out of my comfort zone, but I didn't have a lot of opportunity to. Yeah, um, three three opportunities a day, to be honest. No, because we cooked some of our, to save some money. We had a big family over there. We we end up cooking each other some food. Like we one night we made tacos. So one of my good friends is from Scotland and he mm-hmm. goes back. He's there now, actually. He goes there all the time. And he and I was going to be going with him. And mm-hmm. his thing is curry. Like, apparently there's a lot of an Indian influence that's kind of reached into Interesting. his uh, his neck of the woods up in Glasgow. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think so, curry is a big dish in just in the UK, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. Certainly was when Aquaman was filming. But... <laughs> Yeah, that's good stuff. Arthur man. Curry. That's right. His, his name is Arthur Curry, right? right? Art. Is he? You think Aquaman goes by Art? There's by his close, his close personal friends. Artie. They call him Art. They call him Artie, huh? Yeah. I yeah. Mean, Aquaman. 
I can't even picture anybody even calling him Arthur. Like, I just, it's got to be Aquaman only, right? Well, Affleck does in uh, the Justice League director's cut. He calls him Arthur? Mm hmm. Wow. Sounds good coming out of his mouth, too. Um, Affleck in the news. Did you see that? What'd he do? I just read this headline today. His kid. Oh, right. Her, broke a Lamborghini or something, right? Yeah. His 10 year old backed a Lam Lambo or something into another expensive car, BMW or something. I can relate. You know? Affleck, more like Affleck. Yeah. Yeah. I can't wait to type that on the Twitter tonight. Let me write myself a note. Do you think uh, you think Jennifer Garn threw him a wicked conversation on the phone after that? How dare you let our mutual son sit in a luxury machine? You know, mutual son, right? Um, and then he's, hey, like, I, he's like, I I needed somebody to work that car while I was knee deep in J Lo, dog. How is so? You're a big fan of? Are you a big fan of? I know you like Ben. Do you like Jay Garn? I do like Jay Garn. If you had a pick, though. Oh, by far Affleck, for sure. I think I'd pick Jay Garn. Of course you would. Because I'm sure Affleck did one thing wrong sometime back in history, and you just can't let it go. I mean, he did several. <laughs> yeah. He did the movie, what's the Reindeer Games. I can't yeah. forgive him for that. Yeah. He's so smug during that movie. You're right. Electra is perfect. He's uh, he's in the, isn't he? He's not in Electra. He didn't no, show up, huh? No. He didn't show up for... The, uh, Electra's bad, huh? I couldn't, I don't think I could make it through that movie. The real, the real sad thing was, is uh, he left that kid in a hot car. That's something that's a big no-no today. Leaving kids um, in hot cars. Like a hot car, meaning it's like a hot, like awesome car. Or oh like, wait, I didn't, I didn't, I could. I, there's a distinction. Did he actually? But did he actually leave him there? That's oh, what happened. Or you see, I thought you, drive? I thought you couldn't leave your kid in an air-conditioned sex machine vehicle. <laughs> I just say I didn't know Affleck wasn't in the car with him. Maybe the kid got behind the wheel and just didn't realize like Affleck was doing like pumping gas or something. Who knows? The good news is he, he, he was at a dealership. He can, huh? afford, he can afford it though. He could, man. He's rich. All right. I didn't mean to keep talking about that. I do. I'm proud of you. I'm glad we're back. We miss you guys. We know we, we yeah. know you missed us too because the onslaught on social, I mean, just. Whew. There's a, at least two messages or at least maybe one. I rounded up. That said, where are you guys? Yeah, well, Blake. Is everything a, okay? Blake's a beautiful legend. There's uh, and he didn't. He didn't have to say it with such hope in his voice. He said, "Be jeans, rocks, what, every salt." What happened to you guys? Like he's like excited. Did something happen? You're not letting us know. Do you kind Did of you guys person, quit? Like the guy at high school. He's like, "Do you break up with that girl?" I'm so sorry. Is she available completely? So maybe people are listening to other podcasts to fill the space. You know, left by ours last week, but I doubt it. What other podcast could live up? I was on the plane, Nick. I, you know, I, there's a lot of movies to watch. I, I started and stopped a lot of them, but I noticed they were playing Sea Fever on the plane. They were that was a that was a selection. So great. And I was surprised. I walked slowly through the plane back and forth a couple of times to see if anybody was watching Sea Fever, and the, right. nobody was. And so it's, I would. I said, "There is." Did you guys realize I, I shouted this? mid-flight did you guys really realize the best sea movie ever made right. is playing it's streaming right now sea fever the weird thing is they um, are so anal about making sure there's no peanuts on board in case somebody gets infirm yet they let just sea fever slip on through 
what do you think this is the last thing i'll say about a long plane ride and i'm sure you've been on plenty because you've traveled a lot more than i have i get you got to stretch your legs you want to get up i you know some people stand through almost that whole flight they're kind of standing in the aisles that bothers me i don't like it it makes me feel unsettled but i understand why people do it i hate it which yeah i don't like it either but i get it you know what i'm saying it's hard to hate but i just don't like it i just remember flying overseas not too long after 9 11 and it was a 12 hour flight or some stupid shit. And there mm-hmm. was this guy and he wasn't, you know, I wasn't profiling, it was just a guy, but he kept standing right by the emergency exit and just standing there. You know, like that, That's, that uh, would bother me. It freaked me out. I, I could not sleep and it was, and every time I'd, I'd, I'd drift off, I'd wake up, he'd be the back there again, too much. You think he's just gonna rip it open? That was my hope. I don't think you can. You, oh yes, you can. They're, they tell you how. When you're sitting in that row, they're like, here's how you ruin everybody. I think if you wrench down on it, it, a little message comes up says, are you sure? No, there's a, there's a series of things that has to happen to make it go. I'm telling you, man, you can make it, you can make it go. I don't think you could. I just, I don't. Did I you mean, not see standing, the mummy? We just talked about it. That was a weird part of that film. They had a plane crash and they died. No, he died. Remember, he said he saves her life with the one. He parody. saves her life, but he dies. Yeah, yeah, right. that's right. He dies. He, he, he goes down with the plane, but he, he also is like in one piece, right? Like he doesn't. I don't know. He didn't explode apart. No, he wakes up in a funeral or in a. Yeah, fair enough. No, no clarification needed. <laughs> All right, look, guys, it's the movie microscope. Shall we zoom in? We float hard when we're needed. We baptize with salts and sugar. We randomize the effigy. We get all sumped up. We take a shit, wake up quick like a snake, kick a learned scholar in the dick, put a pyramid in the penalty box, squirm out a truncheon, bring a six pack to the swap meet, and take a chicken at face value. Watch a movie with a set of big ass eyes. Sweltering in the sun like a wicked bitch. See what makes or breaks sure the likes of you. So if we were talking about antitrust, I'm talking about the scene where Ryan Phillippe double crosses Timmy Robbins, forces him into having a claymation birthday party. Talk about the little moments. There's a ton of them in today's feature. Just because. I think you figured out a way that antitrust would be remembered. <laughs> Saw it in the theater. Who else? There's a there's a third act. There's an actress in that too. Do you remember who it was? No. It was somebody Peter petite. Robbins. Somebody petite, right? Felipe. Was Julianne Moore in that shit? There's no way. You think she would? Maybe. Maybe she was Timmy Robbins. But there had to be like a Rachel e. Cook or some cutie, like some petite. Might be Rachel e. Cook. Hey, you might be right. There's no way I'm right. She was already. I hope you're right. Her window was too she's small. Right. Oh, my God. You're you're so right. No fucking way. Yep. No way. Julian Moore? It's her and, and Claire, uh, Claire Forlani, too. But Wait. it was Rachel e. Cook. Rachel yeah. e. Cook is in that. Yes. You're totally right. Oh, my God. That is a deep, dark pull. Yeah. That is, I think I may have maybe used one That's of my a, genie wishes. I hate when you say it because you know what's coming next, right? How's there COVID? I mean, we're doing it. We have to zoom antitrust. We do. It's a huge, it's a huge cast. It's got the versatile Ryan Felipe in it. Not a, not a, not a hater. You've always liked him for some reason. We've had this. Yeah, we've talked about. He plays Milo Hoffman in it. Yeah, you you nailed Rachel e. Cook. You thought she was yeah. She's she's not been. She's always kind of present, but never in anything that big, right? Now I get that confused with Breach. That's the Chris Cooper Ryan Philippe, right? 
she yeah i think you're right is she's <laughs> ryan phillips <laughs> he showed up in breach too isn't he in it i might be wrong how I many times have... is how many times did his agent commit suicide <laughs> ryan phillips he's like his his one oh my god he says i'm on it wait Philippe, Chris Cooper, Laura Linney, nailed it. Gary Cole, can we? That's a good cast. Yeah. That's a better cast. Ryan Philippe, he he must he must is it Philippe? I call him Philippe, but who knows? I say it's Philippe. His one requirement to be in a movie is it has to be the most boring titled movie. It, you can't uh, it can't be exciting. White Squall. That's a pretty good one, actually. I'm gonna, that movie. I'm gonna see if I can, if I'm right, because antitrust and breach are wait, pretty bad. Wait, you need to look. I can tell you. Uh, we can run down. Go up for it. I, yeah, I'm not, I won't. I won't. I'll look, but I'll let you run down. I the mean, list. Cruel Intentions, obviously. You not know. a bad title. Lincoln yeah. Lawyer. One of the worst titles. Although now a hit TV show. A fantastic movie, and actually, he's really good in that movie. I'm running out. All right, so here, here is he, he's in Crash, Setup, Reclaim. I'm just kind of going through the boring ones to prove my point. Franklin, and maybe the worst, Stop Loss, which I referenced. Oh wait, yeah, I guess yep. re I referenced in our War with Friends, I think. Homegrown, like he's he's in a lot of boringly titled movies. Igby yeah. goes down though. I mean, come on now. Kieran, right? Or was that Rory? Kieran, Kieran's yeah. in it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, uh, Justin, it's time for Just Cause. Finally. Army Guild Glimcher. Yes. That's his whatever, name. Whatever his stupid name is. You yeah. might remember him as the director of the White River Kid. Yeah. You might remember yeah. him as an art dealer in Hollywood. Right. Is this our first Sean Conn? No. Oh, we did. We did Outland. Out did Outland, yeah. The food, the movie where he famously he was directed to touch the set. Also, here's what's... You want to talk... Okay, first of all, let's talk about the synergy. This show... Maybe part of the thing that ties the universe together. I know that that's probably true. It is but, true. But yeah. I also made an outland joke in the same batch of words with friends that you're about to read. Oh, wow. And I got to let's pull it back. You mentioned Crash, mm -hmm. directed by Paul Haggis, which you just referenced at the beginning of this show. You know, I didn't taste the dish, Haggis, and I've never seen Haggis's Crash. I never tasted that movie. I never watched it. Right. Did you? You must have seen it of course. in the theater. Yeah, yeah. Matt Dillon's in it. Do I, do I need any yeah. more motivation to see a movie? Everyone's in that movie, and that it's an it's an award winner, and you love that movie. It's one of your favorites, right? It's a nightmare, and that's what I love—the connective it. tissue. Everything's tightly wound. Thirty minutes, not even talking about the movie. Killed it. <laughs> First of all, let's let's get deep in. Let's do it. Yeah, this is the, where'd you watch this one, Tubi? I, I rented it, paid. I think I fired up Tubi to watch it because I have some notes about commercials that I'll be going over. Yeah. So I think it's Tubi that. Is what I watched. Yeah, I watched it on Tubi. It's I watched this a week ago, Nick. I, I will tell you, I watched it and went on vacation. I don't remember it like I wish I did. How about yourself? I mean, it's hardwired to me. Yeah, as as you know, you expect. If you watch Empire Strikes Back on Tubi, do they change it to two wanna be? I want to ask you this: Do you think anybody was ever bold enough in an acting class to do a scene from Just Cause? You know, that would be something else, man. I what wonder if that was somebody's SNL audition. I mean, there's no memorable scenes from this, but you can clip out some dialogue, I imagine. Who's in this movie, Nick? Let's run down the cast, the A-listers here first, please. Ned Beatty. R.I.P., by the way. What? Oh, Ned Beatty, still, yeah. He still he lives. He's still killing it. He, he passed during COVID, I believe. He's still gone. shining bright. I don't want to live in a world without Ned. Well, you are. 
hope he's somewhere up there in that atomic dust bin. He went straight to heaven. <laughs> he went straight to heaven as soon as he passed. He zipped right on through. He had like a fast pass through the pearly gates. He was sitting in a lounge chair within four minutes after dying. He's up there kicking yeah. back, celebrating his good deeds on earth. Patrick Swayze mm -hmm. hands him a seltzer water. Sit back, enjoy. St. Pete says, Mr. Beatty, it's an honor. I don't know how the fuck. You mouth fucked a Cajun and somehow had a career forever. You are a step of a God. He's like, you, you, you're up here because uh, Deliverance is God's favorite film. He's a, he's a huge fan. And Beatty says, prove it, God. And then God opens up a curtain and Ronnie Cox is preserved in the broken position. <laughs> Arm above head, smelling arms. <laughs> <laughs> you think you think John Voight gets to heaven just because of the deliverance disclaimer? Yeah, you know, like because God likes deliverance so much. Nope, because Burt Reynolds' sick sickness is in hell. Here's what's sad: God took Ronnie Cox, still alive, somehow in heaven. Still, <laughs> wow, weird. Ronnie Cox still walks. One of the best names. Yeah, it's the Ronnie. It's Ronnie. the Ronnie. It is the Ronnie for sure. Right. And Cox helps a little bit. Oh, Cox Let's helps. Say, yeah, Cox doesn't hurt. No, well, can. Cox does not hurt. Ask Ned. But Ronnie, anyway, so... he has the great ass stones to, to stick with Ronnie out there. It's hard to it's hard to be intimidated by Ronnie, you know? He plays a lot of tough guys, too. All right, we need you does to act he? like you're scared of Ronnie. Well, I'm a good thing Juilliard trained me well because fuck this. So Ned Beatty's in this. Kate one down. Beautiful performance by her in this. I, yeah, she has taken acting classes before, right? I mean, yeah. Well, they had to split the nomination between her and the person who played Fishburne's daughter. <laughs> Some of the worst phone acting I've ever seen on film. Yeah, I think she still acts too. So I think I that's she's disrespectful better. to the phone. Literally blew her off the screen. Demanded to see its agent. Uh, you got <laughs> so Ed Harris. Harris. You do. Ed Harris in this. Lawrence Fish. You got Blair Underwood. You got Sean Conn. Ruby D in this. Briefly. She's in a, a couple Oh, no. Somebody's brief in it. Somebody's in a brief. Chris Sarandon. Very brief. Is this in the bayou? I can't remember. It's in the bayou, you know? Might as well be. It's in Florida. Oh, it's in the Everglades. That's right. Where I, mm -hmm. where I was somewhat recently. Premises, uh, Blair Underwood, man. Girls found destroyed. He's taken in, <laughs> sentenced to a sick prison term. And, Confession's uh, beat out of him. A confession uh, is beat out of him. He's uh, possibly murdered a, a young a young eight-year-old girl. Eight, eight, ten-year-old, eight, I think. Some great-ass age. And then, so after several years of being incarcerated, getting ready for the old death chair, as they call it. Yep. Reaches out to a learned scholar uh, who is a human rights individual, uh, a teacher, former lawyer, played by Sean Conn. Yeah, he's uh, doesn't want to. He, he doesn't want to be in the hellish courtroom anymore. Just wants to teach his teach, teach his teachings, and kiss on Kate Capshaw and hang around with his very young daughter, played by a very young Scarlett Johansson. Super young. We forgot to mention. We forgot to mention she's in this. As a kid. Yeah, she has more dialogue than Kit Capture, I think. Yeah, maybe. They know where their bread was buttered. And uh, Blair Underwood says, 
Uh, listen, dude, you're like Pamela Voorhees in this. We need you. And Connor is like, what? You're both oh. Jason's parent. <laughs> Jason. Jason Connery, one of my one of our favorites on this yeah. on this show, a, a microscope legend. <laughs> Jason Connery. Did you think he visited dear old dad on the set of Just Cause? I think he was way too busy working in some CD-ROM action video game. <laughs> yeah, so the premise is basically Connery is going to tear this case apart before it's too late to save Blair Underwood from the execution time. And he is uh, he runs against the uh, obstacles of uh, uh, some local cops who put that man away maybe through uh, nefarious means and stumbles into a, a little uh, what they call a jackpot. This is a strange movie, I, I'd say. I didn't. I've seen it before. What's your relationship, by the way? You always ask me that. Saw it in the theater at least once, maybe twice. You, there's no way you saw it in the theater twice. It's, it's it was impossible to see this twice in the theater. You saw it twice. How? Why? I think I really dug it. Did you really? I'm not. A, I'm not anymore, really. But I was such a big Sean Connery fan when I was younger. Yeah. I had I had the poster for Family Business in my bed. This is it's hard. Quite a it, it hurts to say. It hurts to remember. Is it Dustin Hoffman, Sean Connery, and Matthew Broderick? Yeah, I had that poster over my bed. And you've seen that movie, which I don't think I've ever it seen. It is. I may not. I may have been more hyped about that movie than the prequels. And uh, what a boring piece of shit. And you know how much I hate so, Matt Broads. I mean, to, to to see a Matthew Broderick starring film intentionally as a step. For even do you even hate Out on a Limb? Is that remember? Remember that one? Yes, of course. Yeah, no, I don't. I didn't see it. I think that was a. I think that was a Matthew Broderick film. I like Matty Broderick back in the day. Yeah, the the freshman is fine. War Games is fine. I mean, wasn't he in Project you don't, you X? Don't, you, I think so. You don't like Ferris? I really hate Ferris Bueller. It's like I. I but you, I yeah, the that freshman. Film. The freshman actually is a good movie. It's got a Komodo dragon. Bruno, Kirk, Bruno Kirby in this. Now, he, now he is somewhere up there marching the dream course. That's a, a, one of the best names as well. Bruno Kirby is a great name. Right. He died very young, I think. He died like too young. Right after Bronx Tale, maybe, or was it? I mean, right after Donnie. What was it? He, Johnny Donnie Brasco, maybe. I don't know. He had a, also had a, a great, memorable voice. Kind of a hype. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. he was his unique actor. Supposed to be, I think also supposed to be a pretty nice guy. But Larry Fishburne. This is. I think this may be the first Lawrence. I think he, this may be when he became Lawrence. But you think so? I think this may be the first. Kind of a great performance in this movie. As Lawrence Fishburne with a great um, name. Impo- and possibly just turned 60. Well, he's been in just movies since 60. he was 13. So I guess that, that tracks. Well, last year, I guess. It's just so weird, like, because he's been around for so long. And, like, yeah, he was in Apocalypse Now, and he was, like, 14 in that film. Wasn't he, on like, Sesame, he lied about it. Sesame Street or something, too? Or something? He was in Pee Wee's. Oh, okay. Right. He was the Pee Wee Herman show or stage show. Pee Wee's Playhouse, yeah. Playhouse, yeah. Sheriff Tanny Brown. That's a great name. So yeah, he, Lawrence Fishburne. So the beginning of this movie, you see a young Blair Underwood hanging out at his grandma's house, watching these kids wash a car. A cop, a cop rolls up and starts to question him, violently shove him in a car. As Ruby D, his grandma, beats the cop with a little like a broom. You know, this is like a violent, maybe an unjust arrest happening. Gets him to the police station. And the guy starts beating him up. He starts beating Blair. That's Wilcox. Like a hand Wilcox. There's beating uh, Blair Underwood up. And then Lawrence Fishburne steps in as Tanny Brown. And that's it. They cut to eight years later. 
like Nick was saying. So there's this this scene at the beginning is this kind of charismatic young man getting beat up in a police station, and, you know, for a crime that he looks like maybe he didn't commit. He now did. he's on death row, and he and he reaches out, like Nick says, to this lawyer played by Sean Connery. How is Sean Connery introduced in this movie, Nick? Do you remember? Isn't he hosting a? He's at a conference talking to Mr. George Plimpton. And what are they doing? Talking about some legal shit. They're debating. They're debating the. I think the like electrocution as a means as a as a as a you know capital punishment and and you know is it inhumane and connery is on the side of it is inhumane plimpton does a weirdly funny thing in this movie where they're debating and connery says something like electrocution's bad it's inhumane like he like he wraps up his argument and plimpton's like i just got my ass kicked like he gives him the old man gives him like the I can't, you know, it gives them that nod, like, man, you really schooled me. I give up. You know, this is obviously a huge win for you. And I was like thinking, that's like fourth, that's like, you know, like middle school level debate. Right. Like, you, uh, Plimpton should have handed him his ass after that. Yeah, I think, you know, I think it, was a, it might have been a fix. It seemed like a fix. Do you ever to participate in debate club or anything? You're, were you a. No. I feel like this, is, our show is a little bit of a debate with, you know, the movie going audience. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, yeah, and we're constantly we're constantly winning that debate. Well, I think we are both gifted orators. Yeah, I mean, I've heard it said Connery is then approached about this this situation, and his wife, played by Kate Capshaw, shares. You know, they have a little discussion about it, and I say I believe that age gap. Here's the thing about this movie that is absolutely hilarious. So Sean Connery was, I think, pushing 98 when he made this movie. Like, I think he just turned 98 on set, and Capshaw's in her late 30s i don't know how old she was there's quite an age gap they have a young daughter together and connery can't even like during the movie he keeps bopping her did you notice this sexually no oh so it's like it's like his it's like his kid like he keeps like the, he's holding like some crime scene photos up at one point and he just bops her on the head with them there's a couple times where he just kind of like bops her that's amazing because there's no sexual there's not there's like he it's like his grandchild that he's married to they, they do have one celebratory sex scene. Remember, like, he wins his case. They go back to, like, the hotel or whatever, and they just show, like, the champagne glasses on the porch. They couldn't even give us... They just couldn't give us any sheet action because they knew it would be so unbelievable. Right. They just show the glasses... That, the glasses next to each other isn't, it, isn't that believable. You know, if she touched the one next to his, right. I don't buy it. But I thought that was pretty funny. He kept bopping her. I have it in my notes. Like I'll, well, I'll call it specifics, but there's a they cut away in the director's cut to where she 3D prints an orgasm. He gets an envelope, Nick. He gets an envelope with the letter from Blair Underwood saying that I'm innocent. Will you help me? And Connery's resistant at first, but his wife kind of help push pushes him towards. You should go check things out down in Florida and see if this this guy really, if he's innocent on death row, maybe you can help him. He's like uh, I staunchly and without any doubt. I'm not going to do this. And then she says, execution is bad. And then next thing we see him on a plane. Exactly. He's, and um, he opens a refrigerator because he, he's, he's protesting. He's like, look, to his wife, he's like, he needs a lawyer. I'm a teacher, you know. And then he goes to get a drink in the fridge. He opens it up. What's in there? I have no idea. And he opens, a, I guess he opens a freezer of haagen Nice. That is the ice cream of the wealthy. What do you think? The wealthy, right? Yeah. Like the people that have money get Hagen Dazs. And so I was looking up, doing a little research on Hagen Dazs. They have like a like an advertising thing that they're trying to get going. I guess maybe this is their catchphrase. It's that's Dazs. 
Really? Is it? You think it's them? Is that them trying to get a little bit more, you know, buy-in from like maybe the less wealthy? You know, try us out. Yeah. That's Dawes. What do you think? I think it's, it's great. Good? I think it's great. I. I it's kind yeah. of reminds me when Bill Gates finally took Microsoft and let them go open source. Because don't you think he was hogging Dawes for a while? <laughs> I mean, he wasn't sharing that shit. Like I say it, like like you can get Hagen Dazs. Like I bought Hagen. I miss Frozen Glacia. Well, I don't even know what it is. Don't you remember the commercials? In the, I ate all the Frozen Glacia. Is that like a, is it connected uh, to Hagen Dazs? No, it was a competing Swedish or Swiss or whatever mm. creamer. Might have had a little, maybe a little yogurt in there too, but there was they had mm. they were a rival, and it was another high end Frozen Delight. And the commercials always had this uh, hottie. Confessing to their loved one, I ate all the frozen gaja. And you can't be mad because she was, she was a cutie or something. I think I think you can't be mad because you know who doesn't have that impulse. I mean, once you mm. open that lid, your eyes roll back like a fucking shark. Next thing you know, there's a, you're sitting naked with tatters everywhere, right? And that's what they're trying to imply is that frozen gaja turns into a fucking sociopath. I think. <laughs> what does that translate to, like? Frozen glacier. What is a frozen? What does frozen glacier mean? You're asking me. I, I mean, I guess you're asking the world. I because I haven't even heard of it. I do know a weird thing that I learned today about Hagendaz. It was founded in the in the Bronx. I thought it was coming at us from overseas. Holy fuck! This is amazing. Frozen glacier was a company that made premium ice cream for the American market in 1980. It is used. It used a quasi Swedish name without the acute accent. It is Swedish for frozen happiness. Not bad. It's not around, huh? Anymore? It can't get died. it. And you liked it. Fuck yeah. I, I thought that advertising worked for me, man. I wanted to go feral with ice cream. So Ned Beatty is the lawyer who previously worked on the case. And we meet yes. we meet him in his office. And just it's almost unfair to have a Ned Beatty soliloquy that early in a film if you're not gonna give it to him, give us to you know, any give it to us anymore in the film. Because he is just such a delight. Just to hear him talk and sit back with that charm. Yeah, he's a quick in and out on this film. He probably shot for a day. Right. But one scene with Connery and he's gone. Yeah. This film is notorious for having two really fleeting performances that steal the show. Him and him and Ed Harris are like they, they, they ignite the screen and then the screen goes to sleep. <laughs> yeah, Ed Harris plays a prisoner in this, a cellmate, not a cellmate, but a prison mate with Blair Underwood. Connery goes to see Blair Underwood in a cell. You know, I got your letter, let's talk to you a little bit. And um see what's what you hear your side of the story Blair Underwood does something very hard I think let's hear it he um he's in the corner of his prison cell crouched like kind of like not sitting but like crouched down yeah. and he gets up so easily from that position it's hard to get up from a couch you know what I'm saying like sometimes you're just struggling to, to move from like a chair right to get up you're like oh you're halfway through getting up you're like kind of regretting it maybe you just fall back into the chair Blair Underwood's got some Upper and lower body strength here, I noticed. That's, zoom in. that's a good zoom. Yeah, I mean, he was a young man here. And, you know, a man that's always, he's a very uh, handsome person. But, you know, he's older now, right? In his 50s, probably. He still looks probably pretty handsome. I haven't seen him lately, but. Blair Underwood. Like a very, very pretty person. Yeah, he's know? got the, he, he's got the, that smooth ass voice. That, you know, that sweet yeah. ass speaking voice. Everybody loves that shit. I like the idea of somebody recommending this show to a friend. Why do you like the show? Well, they they did talk about Blair Underwood being getting up really well. <laughs> he gets up super fast. He's fifty-seven years young, married to uh, Desiree DeCosta. It's not his first. No way. Got Blair Underwood's shaking around. It is. 
don't know. This is only, I think. And he's got three kids, Blake Underwood, Brielle Underwood, and Paris Underwood. Just zoom in. Right. Got a couple famous siblings, it looks like. Yeah, he's he's all over the place. Got an Instagram, got a Twitter. Um, I just tweeted out. I'm just on his Instagram page. Just watched Just Cause. Has anybody told you that sometimes you have your balls under wood? So they treat Connery like dog shit. Like when he arrives to town, man, he gets treated like shit ass by by Wilcox and 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 Tanny Brown. It's weird. Sorry, to see- man. I was distracted. I was I was watching uh, Blair Underwood driving on his Instagram page. Filming himself, driving, talking, talking about something. Maybe good. Maybe yeah. talking about Roe v. Wade. Let's see if he's is he putting one out. No, he was just uh, he was just finishing up a fair. First day of L.A. Law reboot pilot. Driving to work, playing Jonathan Rollins. Thirty years later, Corbin Burnson back as Becker. Jill Eikenberry back. Wow, rebooting L.A. Law, Nick. You knew this? No. Finally, the demand is palpable. Straight to. Uh... What network is that going to be on? I mean, it's, it wasn't an NBC show. I meant the Peacock wants it back, I imagine. So Connery is getting abused by these cops. They treat him like shit. They've, yeah, they don't like that he rolled into town and started poking his nose around. Yeah. Like, you don't like it. Yeah, they, no, yeah. They, don't, they don't want their case to be reopened. They probably know that it wasn't put together properly and there's some shit going on. And they want to make him sad. And they, uh, they do. He gets choked in a car. They vandalize his car with actually really nice artwork for a vandal. They don't want him there. They try to act like they're helping, but they don't want to help him at all. And it's funny because the more the film goes on, the more he emphasizes his accent, which is right. which is very strange. Another tangent, by the way, when I went on mm-hmm. one of my work trips right after seeing this, I had a hankering to watch Red October, a movie I love and I watch whenever I can. Of course, okay. So right. I, I downloaded it. I have I own it. I downloaded it to my iPad, watched it, thrilled. Next day. I get to my hotel room, decide I don't want to sit there and squint in an iPad, turn on the TV, opening credits of Red October. Watch nice again. <laughs> Beautiful. Nice, man. And it's funny because they, 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 they're very they're very cagey about his accent in that movie, which is great. I just wish you could zoom on somebody's mouth and translate them. I love that. That's one of my, but he goes deep into Connery voice in this movie, and I can't say I hate it. No, he's got us. I, I love listening to him. Um, he has a funny line in this because he starts to poke around. I think you. I think funny might be the wrong word, but go ahead. And he says, "Listens to a confession." I think this is what he says. I think I wrote it down. I'm trying to remember, but here's the confession. He says, or at least he reads it. He says, "If that's a confession, my ass is a banjo." Right. Do you remember this line? That's the line I wrote down too. Yeah, it's uh, it's a famous line from this. I don't know why. Do you think it was weird they ended at the end of the movie? He turned around and he did have. Steve Martin's finger in him back there. Flesh, a fleshy ass banjo sticking out there. That no, I don't know. Like it's he he fucks up so much in this movie that he might as well they might as well have grafted an instrument on him at the end right. because because it kind of was a confession because Blair Underwood did kill this girl. This movie's confusing, Nick. This girl gets slaughtered. By the way, they show pictures of this Her dead little girl. Body, yeah, she's destroyed. Not coming back from it. Didn't need to take a pulse. Like she got destroyed, right? And um, angrily destroyed. And then when you realize that Blair Underwood did do it, and then you try to piece together why he did it, he's playing like this weird chess game to get back at Connery's wife. It capshot. It makes no sense, Nick. His orchestrated plan is dumb. <laughs> I don't understand. Based on it. a book too, so it made it has a lot of eyes. He's like, I'm gonna kill this girl and then go on death row. I think he like, no, I think he plan? likes killing. I think he likes killing girls. I don't think it's I don't think it's that he's like I'm, I'm gonna kill a girl to piss Kate Capshaw off. I think he's like, 
I got this thing inside me I can't let eat. I gotta let it eat. And then maybe, maybe but I, I feel like he, yeah. I feel like this is all a big plan to get Capshaw back. I think he's just a, no, he's a terrible psychopath, and he's like maybe I could make apples out of Appalade, you know, kind of thing. Okay. She's a powerhouse though, isn't she, Kate? Acting wise, this is not our first Capshaw movie, isn't it? Black Rain. What's the oh, was she in it? How how much? She's a, a yeah, she was in it. Yeah, she, what? She plays a high priced hooker in that. She was she she played she had like a geisha outfit on in it. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah, yeah, I remember. Yeah, she was fine in that. She sings anything goes she gets, to her clients. That's she gets more she gets more to do in this than in, in that than this, a, I'd say. Oh yeah. It's a great movie and she's great. Talks about Wrigley Field, how do you hate it? So Connery gets here's what's great. We get to see him use microfiche in this movie. Mm-hmm. And it was like buttered popcorn to my soul. Just you know, just seeing that shit go down. And then we get to see the best. We get to see Ed Harris prepping for Pollock. Yeah, we do. He is in his cell, overacting his chops off, painting like a mad creator. He's got painted like I've never seen this before. He customizes his cell. I've never seen this before. He customized the bars of his cell, so they're all like multicolored orange and black or something, you know, like or orange and blue. And he really, they let him go wild with the with the with the cell artwork. Yep. I never realized that you could. They give you paints to paint your own bars. I don't know what to tell you. And so yeah, he goes nuts, and Connery wants to interview him because because uh, Blair Underwood said this this Ed Harris up there and the other self confessed to killing this little girl. He said he did it, and Connery is like, "Oh, I'm dumb. I'll go ask him. I'll go fall for all this shit." <laughs> so he goes ask him. Ed Harris tells him where the murder weapon is. Perfect. And so we get shots of poor old Connery in the swamp, you know, in khakis and a sun hat or whatever, and he's looking for clues in the swamp but you know fishburn's pissed yep and guess what he finds that weapon he finds a murder weapon he finds a knife and a pipe yeah and there's alligators around yeah of course foreshadowing but not before these commercials on tubi broke in here's what i got <laughs> i got a shingles commercial as in the disease mm-hmm. okay and the commercial says that like to get you to buy shing shingrix <laughs> which is a shingles medication it says shingles doesn't care nick Zoom in. True. It doesn't have a preference, apparently. It doesn't care who it hurts. Right. And you know what I thought when I was watching? I was like, wouldn't it be amazing if the Shingles commercial is directed by Cameron Crowe? Nice. And he paid he paid so much amazing attention to the soundtrack of the commercial. You know what I'm saying? Like he was he curated an incredible soundtrack for the the Shingles commercial. Anyway, Shingles don't um, care. You heard it from me, Jim True Frost. <laughs> And then there's a very disturbing Bojangles commercial that came on. Now, I don't know if you're a Bojangles fast food fan. Fam- Are I you? know it. I'm familiar with it. Bojangles has a uh, yeah. What do they sell there? What's their the what's their weirdly meat? breaded chicken? Right. And so this little cartoon chicken comes on. I think it's a cartoon. It might have been like a puppet chicken. Mm-hmm. And he is looking through like the Bojangles window, smelling the smells. He is. Oh, I remember in that. Yeah, I've seen that. Heaven, and he's and they say that. It's so good, even a chicken wants to eat it. Like they want to eat its its own species. Right. That's how good it is. Right. Yeah. And they keep cutting away to that chicken looking weird in the window. You know this commercial, right? I mean, it's just a little creepy. I I didn't ever saw it. And now I'm used to barbecue places putting a pig as their mascot with like a fork in each hand right. or something, or a right. knife and fork. The bib on can't wait to dig into its brother or its wife. Right. I guess it's the same idea for Bojangles, right? right? Yep. 
I once knew an actor that did like I didn't know him too well, but he did a whole chain of like Bojangles videos when he was on the road and stuff. He said he loved eating the food. One of the guys that was in the Eleven Colonels group, uh, one of his jobs was he was the Jack in the Box for a period of time. The guy with the big old head. Yeah. yeah. Oh wow. What was the guy's name? Ryan Culver. Great, great yeah. guy. Good actor. Quite a good actor. Killed it in Grizzly Park. Who was he? We, we we talked about him in Grizzly Park. He was. Uh, we did that. Who, did who we was, do that? No, we did. Don't be afraid of the dark. I get those two confused. Who did uh, who did he play? Uh, who was going to play in Colonel? He was going to play the character I was going to play, Baldwin. They're based on you? I mean, no, not based on me, but it was uh, it was my persona, but it was not based on me. It was based on the main character was based on you? I mean, Steve, they were right? very heightened versions, yes. Less cool, less not cool. Too high, not too high. <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about this one take whiz actress that plays Fishburne's daughter. Holy fuck! So Connery decides to go visit Fishburne's house. Right. And he he pulls up, or as he right before he pulls up, we get a shot of a young girl, young woman talking on a phone. Killing it. And she is not convincing talking to a friend. But what it was really strange to me is that Connery there's a it's a weird kind of one of those rainbow driveways that go in front of the house, like you know, long and um Connery drives up that driveway at about 50 miles per hour without hesitation slams on the brakes. He wilds into that driveway, Nick. I cannot believe it. It's really him. I feel like he could ease up a little bit. Like whenever you're like, it, it, well, here's what it tells me, right? Is they practice it and he got overconfident and he can storm into that driveway, slam the brakes out and get on the, out of the car. And it, to me, his character's driving up that driveway for the first time. Okay. That's a good point. And when you drive up into a driver for the first time, you're hesitant. You ease up. You're like, I'm at the right place. You kind of park very slowly. You almost get out of the car slowly because you don't want to like, this is, I'm a guest here. I'm a stranger here, right? That's some bad driving acting. Is that cut, right? Is that a right cut term? Print, cut, cut print on this episode. <laughs> I mean, where where do you go from here? I know you're making fun of me, but it is true. Oh, listen. That is Brownwall. I'm in Brownwall, by the way, folks, and that was a little Brownwall I, I mentioned. Well, thank you, thank you for the vote of confidence, Brownwall. I, I love it. No, you you really you really made it hard to live up to the rest of this episode. Now, wilding into the and, driveway? Are you kidding me? How do I compete? I just feel like Connery, like he he he, sh- he shoots a shot, like he's like I don't need a stuntman for this, and you know the stuntman's on the side going, God damn it, take it easy, you know this is. You know, simmer down. Well, you're you're 99 years old. Your brittle endoskeleton is going to pulverize inside this vehicle. Yeah, I feel like he's like rushing because he just wants to get the scene over. He's like just speeds into the driveway and parks. I couldn't believe it. Yeah. Surprised he did like just jump through the window out of the car. That, anyway, that's why he was voted Avis's least favorite actor. So he goes into the house. He gets invited in the house by this actress, and he immediately discovers. And the photos, the young picture of a very alive, then alive young girl that the one girl that was that was she was murdered. So he realizes that Fishburne has a connection to this this murdered girl. She might have it might have been suicide. Yeah, yeah she might have tripped and fell in the knife about nine hundred times. Yeah, then then Fishburne shows up. He's very mad that Connery's there. Connery's like, but you have a picture of this girl. You know, they later it comes out that Fishburne that was like it was that girl's like a daughter to him. He that, he practically raised her. We're talking about. The stiffest actress I've ever seen. Yeah, we can keep talking about her. I mean, she is stiff. She is. 
Yeah, they, so this is the scene before the insanely driven car up the driveway. She says, I wrote it down. She says, anyway, girl, someone's here, so I'll talk to you later. That's yep. what that's like how yep. she says it. Yep. And I can't hate on it because I feel like I would if I was ever in a film, I would that's the kind of performance I would give. If she was riding a metro bus into town, you know at the top of the bus they got like the location listed on it. Mm-hmm. It would say stiff town. I'm just glad that Con- Connor got to cross this one off his bucket list. He got to be in a scene with her. Yeah, he also you know? he was in such a hurry in the driveway to get to her. There is a scene. Couldn't wait to act. I don't know what the relevance is of this next note I have, but there's apparently a very cute scene of a bird drinking. Do you remember this? <laughs> there's a shot of a bird drinking that's apparently super adorable. I need to watch the movie again. I got a weird note that says eight ball or B ball pick of fish. So there must be a picture of Fishburne in a basket, like a real picture of him. Right. In like a basketball gear outfit or uniform. Here's here's my notes. Immediately discovers photo of dead girl. B ball pick of fish. Connery in khakis. And then laugh overlay. No idea what this means. I There must be, I think... Someone must laugh and their mouth is closed, but like, you know, you know what I'm saying? But it, they, they overlaid a laugh. Yeah, these are incredible there's notes. A, there, I, there's a recurring theme in this movie that I absolutely love, though. Do you, do you, know, who, do you yeah. know who the character Dolores is in this movie? Is the woman that flirts with everybody? Yes. She works at like the, she's like, works at the county commissioner's office or I something. I love Dolores. Dolores wants, she is, she shows no, she has no preference. Yeah. No. Alive. Preferably, maybe, but even then, she is. I'm. I want all dicks. She wants Connery so hard, like she can't wait. And then she switches up. Like, who does she switch to? Whoever else is there. I forgot who it might be. Mm. Who another yeah, powerhouse? But it's so. It's, I love. I love it. Ed Harris decides to cooperate with these guys. He he, he makes a deal, right? Basically, they find the murder knife. They they kind of they and then they find a a note that he never sent to the parents of this dead girl, where he said like he writes I. I love carving her up like a ripe melon or something. And so they have a they have the knife that he pointed Connery to. And then they have now this letter that he never sent to the parents that basically is a confession of murdering this young girl. They read this in court like they, you know, and everybody's super appalled. Like they can't believe that this disgusting words in this letter. And they immediately it's like mistrial. Blair Underwood is not guilty. Instant free. Yeah. And um but the problem is he did it, and Ed Harris didn't do it. Because then what you're talking about happens after all this. And did you say you liked the way that Ed Harris said the word appetite? Yeah, he says it. Uh, he says it weird twice, as my my note says. But I can't remember how he says it. It's been too he long. He also something about admitting. sex me up, which I thought was great. Sean Connery goes to the parents' house of Ed, Ed Harris, and Blair Underwood has apparently already been there to do some work for him. Great fly so, acting in this movie. So he goes to go visit Ed Harris again, who's about to be executed, I think. And Ed Harris is like, we played you like a fiddle, man. And Connor's like, what are you talking about? I killed this. (laughs) I killed this. I got Blair Underwood, a very innocent man, free. And Ed Ed Harris is laughing. And he goes, basically, I made a trade with him. I told him that he should visit my parents' house. If I, I, you know, if he paid my parents a visit, I'd have. You know, I, I'd help him out or whatever. They trade stuff. So then, yeah, Connery visits the parents' house. They're no longer alive. They're super dead at the and dinner table. flies everywhere. Mm-hmm. The throats are slashed. And Connery, like, he walks into the house. They spend about five minutes slowly walking through yeah, the yeah, house. Yeah, there's a lot of... Let's soak in this production design. 
and just like sniffing the air going hmm you know weird is it murder it smells it, like murder i gotta here. go look into this house after getting completely outbolded by ed harris <laughs> so the um I, I we did miss the sex scene because they do have the they 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 after the they get Blair Underwood off, the, he goes to celebrate with Capshaw, they go dance, and then they go dance for real. They go do the the super dance, you know. <laughs> Who does? And the two the two lovebirds, the, the husband and wife, they and Connery like has six orgasms, I think, in subtitles, if you put the subtitles right. on. No, yeah, that's for Red October. But man, they dare not go into the bedroom to show you a thing. I wonder if they tried. I wonder if they did show some movement under the sheets and then, then like everybody's like, we got to cut this shit out. There's no way. It's insane. You know, <laughs> Is, does Connery ever have like after Bond, like in his later years, does he have like any sex oh, scenes sure, or anything? Sure. I'm sure he gave it out. I mean, Molly Maguire's, he probably ripped it out, you know? <laughs> did he do any, did he do the dirty in family business? I don't think so, but Meteor? How do you not fucking Meteor? Zardoz? It's fucking in the head. He's got to be fucking. Zardoz was a young, still sexy Connery. I mean, he was he was crushing it. Did he have sex in the Zardoz head? Is it is the head called Zardoz? I don't remember. Untouchables, uh, which is, there's no sex. Malone, Malone no, doesn't, doesn't get, sex. Get, to, get to throw a cool breeze to somebody. Um, I don't know, man. Sexy, I love me some Con, though. Like He's a sweet, probably yeah. and apparently an awful person. I never had the, the yeah, luxury of meeting him in my in my travels, but what a great man. Yeah, kind of a abusive abusive person too, maybe. Is Allegedly, that I mean, yeah. Did he? You know, if he nailed anything in Finding Forrester, I don't think so. I think he did. Have, I think he did. Did he not have sex with Catherine Zeta and Entrapment? Is we're, that's not her father in that movie. Is I think it? he gives her. I think they share the pipes. Did they do it in Entrapment? I think so I think she squeezes up under his lines, but. I wonder if he bops her on the head. Literally, at one point in this movie, he ta- he he bumps foreheads with Kate Capshaw, which sends her into wild. She can't yeah. wait to get him. Was this and, before and, she and had that. hooked on to Spiel? Of, co- of course. Before? No, this is way after. So they're already deep inside? Her and Spielbs? She, I think her and Spielberg have been together since Temple of Doom. So, yeah. Maybe he was... My man's... You think you think Capshaw like let's just get shallow here for a second. Do you think Capshaw is an upgrade from Amy, Amy Irving? Yes, I always had a soft spot for Amy Irving. The the Fury, right? We did her. We did the Fury with her. We did. Mm-hmm. Kate, Kate Capshaw is a, a beautiful person. Um, great, you know. Mm-hmm. Spielberg. Good for him. Is I, I don't know. Say? I mean, whatever. Right? Who is he? He had Irving. Then he had the. Who was the other one? He was with a, a, a creative type, right? Was he married three times? Wasn't he with a creative type? Like, a, not Melissa Matheson, that was Hanson, uh, Harrison Ford. But wasn't there another learned producer type? That I think that they all, I think someone said that they all were Lucas's wife. They all like liked Lucas's wife. Marsha? Yeah. They all had like kind of a crush on her because she was so great. Um, no, I think his the only wives were, he was only married to Irving and then Kate Capshaw. And do you think, I mean, and Spielberg is just, he's just such a handsome man. Such a lady. He's just a ladies' man. How old is very, he? Very secure about his hair, too. Is he bald as, as bald as a yeah. dream? What do you mean? Oh, he's he's what, got why? A crazy wrong. He's, he's, yeah, he, he, he hats up to hide the, the, the scares. I, I feel it, man. I Look, I'm getting there. 
I'm gonna hat up myself. What what are we gonna do? What are we gonna do? The secret: shave it off and look great. I mean, hat up. Hat up. Got a hat up. By the way, Kate sort of the villain of this movie in a way. She is not sort of the villain. She is kind of she. Well, okay, she is a villain in this movie because you start you, when you realize that Blair Underwood actually did this. He's a murderer. He's a brutal murderer, and he's got his eyes locked on Connery's family for some reason. He takes some hostage at one point, and you find out the reason is is that Capshaw, like we found this earlier, she had him as a client. Drop the ball. He ended up spending some time in prison, even though he was innocent. And he reveals to us, got castrated when he was in prison. Didn't he lose some sort of a scholarship um, as well, or some sort of a... Yeah, but I think he was a little bit more upset about the other about the balls of Yeah, the ball-gons. Mm. Yeah, so he had a scholarship, and he, just because he was in jail, he lost... Like, he was in jail for a little bit, even though he was innocent, and it got proven, like, that it was a mistake. He lost the scholarship. He lost... And he was, like, you know, I think he was, like, at, at, at like, an Ivy League school. And then also got his balls cut off in jail. And then she and not happy about it. for some reason uh, he, old wounds didn't heal. Get captured says He's let's still, still why can't we let ballgons be ballgons? And he blames her. And then he hatches his a very elaborate plan to take her hostage and her daughter hostage, and then wait it out to get killed. <laughs> like just literally could have killed so... them wherever the fuck he wanted to, gotten away with it, but takes him to the place where Connery is going to find him. I don't know if a character has ever fucked up this hard in any of the movies we've watched. <laughs> he pulled off an incredible plan, got away, and then decided to like, you know what? Maybe it would be better if I got killed during this and no one else got hurt, you know? Um, <laughs> do you think he had too much time? Do you have too much time to pull it off? Is that what happened? He gave himself too much time? A perfectly good executioner willing to do this job for you for free. Right. He, doesn't he, doesn't yeah. he wear a light on his head at some point? I think I somebody is walking through the swamp with a light on their head, and I know that. There's a note here, and the <laughs> notes don't lie. Well, so let's just, I just want to break it down. This guy was on death row for eight years, okay? Orchestrated it so he got out, didn't, decided to not take the win. Like, he's like, you know what? That's not good enough. I'm out. I'm guilty. I'm out. Everybody believes I'm innocent. Not good enough. Kidnaps Kate Capshaw on the daughter escapes goes escapes ties them to chairs doesn't kill them like he's like i'm mad at them doesn't kill them waits until he can get killed by the heroes right i don't get it i mean in a perfect world he would have stabbed scarlett johansson about 900 times (laughs) yeah i mean it's it's not it's not fair nick well i'll tell you i I feel bad for belair underwood i don't because he gets to wear a light on his head, and he also gets to put Kit Capshaw's hand all over his junk. He makes her feel the castration. And I'm going to zoom in. She touched mm-hmm. his real dick. Because guess what? He got balls and dick. She touched him. He put him there. I got news for you. The shot where they replaced, they had a dummy made up with jeans on. That's what she touched. Uh, there's a scene. So they're at this cabin in the swamp. At one point, yeah. you have Kay Capshaw, Blair Underwood, Sean Connery, Scarlett Johansson, and Larry Fishburne in, in, a, in a little tiny shack together, right? Mm-hmm. Scarlett's the biggest star. Out of she all of them? She creamed yeah. She probably certainly paid more than Con- I bet she made more money in Connery in her career she than he did. She creamed them. Yeah. yeah. 
that little cutie down there, like she just bam, she burst out. Makes me happy. Blair and Ward, so they, they she she kidnaps these, you know, the the mother daughter from the hotel, gets them in a car, and you know he she makes cap he makes capture a drive to this location, and he decides along the way because the the car ride's long. It's not you don't get there right away where he's going. He has to fill the time, and he zooms in. Okay. That's what I like about this character. He zooms yeah. in. He makes the observation that Scarlett Johansson is a quote unquote a little tiny version of you. You meaning Cape Capshaw. He zoomed in and he says that the daughter is similar to the mom. That's that's a that's a deep pull. Yeah, he killed it. I thought that was interesting. Yeah, and uh, then he says, "Bitch, drive." <laughs> he screams it. <laughs> <laughs> what did you think of the director when he gets his? Let's just say he gets his his socks off in this shot. Like he cannot wait. He like does this thing where he like superimposes or something like the Blair Underwood and the alligator. Like they're kind of like similar. Mm -hmm. They're both predators. Right. He can't wait to do that comparison. Neither of them has hanging genitalia. Did you know that? What did you think of the glowing alligator eyes? Love this. The alligator had yellow eyes. Huge fan. I think you see that beginning too. They like showing off them glowing eyes in this. I thought it was incredible. So that you know, you know, Blair Underwood's getting going to get eaten by an alligator. There's just no way that's not happening in this. Right. But what I thought was a great choice by them is when the alligator snaps at his groin, and then does like a surprised look when it comes up empty. <laughs> <laughs> Says, "Huh?" And then I, I got a note that sums it up: Blair underwater. Yeah. <laughs> and then I like how the movie does end. I will say because Connery has been accusing Fishburn the whole time of forcing this confession, you know, playing like a shell game with the evidence to get Blair Underwood, you know, and put in jail. And then Connery gets him off on like technicality, whatever. Right. And Fishburn, I like what his, his like, can I get, maybe can I get a sorry? Is that, you know, is that cool? And he's or? gravely wounded at the end of this movie, by the way, gravely. wounded. Like I just, yeah, he is. He got. Yeah, he gets the. And by the way, Wilcox more gravely wounded. Yeah, he gets super gravely, and then Capshaw's like, I may have, maybe I fucked up here a little bit. Like, I like how she hid the fact that she knew this guy, and then also hid the fact that she screwed up the case yeah. and got him, got him castrated. She, she she didn't know that, I guess. I bet she did. You think she did? She's like, but all's well. Swing that dead gray dick my way. We're good. And the movie ends, and it's a, it's a, it's another 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 satisfying conclusion for us. I have a weird note here at the end, and maybe we can do it because I don't remember why I wrote this. Something must have reminded me of him, and I so this is my note. Let's take the Rupert Grint Grint challenge. Could he have excelled in this? That was the discussion <laughs> I wanted to have. I don't think could Rupert Grint did he ex- have excelled did he exist in this when this movie talk? came out. He did. I don't think he did. If he did, what he year was, was it? Ninety-two, ninety-seven, ninety-five. Close. You were in college. Praise on the World Series. We've been down this road. We've done a lot of. I graduated. We've 90, done a lot of nineteen ninety-five movies. Yeah, that's a big finally one got for the, us. Finally for got sure. this 95. one passed, though. You didn't answer my question. No, I don't know enough about Rupert Grant as an actor. Just, I, you don't need to know enough. You just have to know enough to say his great name, Rupert Grant. It's a great name. Rupert anyway. Grint at the end of the Obi-Wan series. I ain't gone. 
I didn't watch the end. He, he lives. The whirring sound you hear in this swamp ain't no fucking alligator's whistling tooth. It's a freaking tattoo gun, man. It's time to put mm -hmm. some on your flesh from uh, Just Cause. What are you going to zip some ink into? I might get... I, I Actually, I might get the banner in the in the dead parent's house. I don't remember it. That says uh, Sullivan, which is Ed Harris's his name. His Sullivan, a teen who loves Jesus. That's the banner they have hanging in their house. Where you so have maybe I get that tattooed. Where you get it? Where am I? Where yeah. I put it? Maybe like like the collar. Nice. You know, collar tag. Thug. Yeah, thug life. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So Larry, Larry mm -hmm. and uh, Connery both have goatees in this movie, big time. Big mm -hmm. time. So I'm mm -hmm. getting replicas of the goats around each nip. I got Connery's goat on my left nip, fish on my right nip. Sure. So, so right. People, you know, eagle-eyed friends of mine who I show my tits to. Which one's fish? Which con? Well, I can't kiss my right one. You know that one is. Kiss it first. I think the trick is to not to make them do the work and make them figure it out. Right. And to don't give them a hint. Yeah. Whose goatee do you think was better? Connery. And it's a little salt and peppery, right? Yeah, but it was very meticulously trimmed. So you think... Yeah. I mean, Fishburne's is, is definitely not. It's a it's a goatee of a young man, where Shawnery, his goatee is of an old man. You think that would be the dead giveaway? Let me zoom in. Sean Connery died. He did. Did we not mention the shot? He died in twenty twenty. Right? Yeah. Did he? What did he pass? He did not pass from COVID. I don't he? know. I don't even know if they told us. I know he was having issues. I think he had dementia or some stupid shit. He was old. He was ninety. He was right? Super when he died. old. He died in the Bahamas. Nice. Died in his sleep. Did not disclose. His son Jason said he had been unwell for some time. Dementia. You're right. His last movie was. It's not his last movie. Is League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Is that wrong? Yeah, it is wrong. I mean, it's the movie. It was his last movie, but it's wrong. Is that really his last I movie? So. I don't think he has sex in that one either. <laughs> Look, movie's over. Credits have rolled, but lo and behold, there's a little treat at the end there. A little post-credits sting ass. Sure. What happens? By the way, the, the girl that died, Joni Schreiber. I'll never forget her. That's her name in this? Mine's easy. Lawrence Fishburne heels. He's coming out of the hospital. Sean, Sean Connery is pushing him in a wheelchair. A little gesture. Like, I know I got you into this. I'm getting you out, right? And mm -hmm. there's a, a bunch of cops waiting for them, and they are arrested and sent to prison forever for jacking up the legal system. <laughs> Both yeah, they're of gone. Oh man! Oh, so my scene is Ruby D, the grandma who's been. Uh, she at the beginning of the movie, she hit the cop with right. the broom, and then after the court case, when Blair Underwood got exonerated or whatever, he got he's out in the courthouse steps, and she's like, "My, you know, my baby is free." Uh, you know, he she's gloating, and then and so my deleted scene is like, there's a knock on her door this connery and fishburn and they just they're like hey we just wanted to come over and um see if you're still gloating because <laughs> your uh grandson was a huge fucking pile of shit murdered an eight-year-old girl but you hey you looked happy when he got out we just wanted to make sure you're still in gloat town still <laughs> still surfing Still surfing that gloat. Wanted to make sure you're still high on that cloud. Surfing that gloat. 
she's like, he's not a big pile of shit. And then they turn on the webcam that they have in the swamp and you see him coming out of the alligator's <laughs> asshole. And they're like, no, we're dead serious. And we get to see like the one, one last performance by Blair coming out of that asshole. We have his kneecap in the trunk if you want a keepsake. <laughs> he sucks. He murdered. He, murdered. he stabbed the daylights out of you know Joni Shriver. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, look, money's hit out. You got a sequel greenlit, finally. Just Cause sequel. Just Cause 2. I wonder if they ever made it. You know, Sometimes they'll have the directed right. DVD sequels without anybody that was in the film. Cause Uncle 2. Papa John is Sean Connery. <laughs> Jason Connery That's could true. be in it. Some other bald. Does Jason Connor have no, no hair? I'm saying they could hire anybody bald. Mine is look, they're bringing cell animation back, hand drawn for the sequel. Yeah. Oh man, pinch yeah. me. I'm a purist, so this yeah. is good. And it's uh, very cute. It's just pause, and it's a dog remake. It's all terriers playing all the characters. It's so mm-hmm. cute. It's like you know, there's like a little cute puppy terrier playing Joni Shriver getting stabbed 900 times, but it's hand drawn. You know, <laughs> Ralph Ralph Bakshi sure. was an executive producer. You know, people are, you know, mixed signals, you know, mixed signals. It's an old dog remake of Just Cause. But you do get to see the real-time murder of that young child dog. Yeah, puppy, I guess. And then they they name the act, the dog, the fake dog actors after that. So it's like Blair Underwolf. Yeah, well, we have to work on other ones now. Shit. Um, Parnish Fishburne. (laughs) Ed Harry. I'm bad at it already. Kate Dane Capshaw? <laughs> Kate Capsharpay. So that's better. What about Connery himself? What can we do with his name and dogs? His self. I got it. Sean Connery. Because the dogs wear those cards. <laughs> when, they, when they can't, I suppose, to lick their surgery, right. scar, like their surgery right. wounds. They get the cone. Sean, Sean, Sean Caninery. <laughs> well, I got you okay, there at least. So- so everybody is happy. They're back home. Blair Underwood is gone. Justice is served. But wait a minute. They start receiving death threats. And, uh, you know, I know what you did. And, you know, I'll get you. And, uh, you know, all these ominous things. Kate Capshaw is like, like, you know, getting messages that my balls might be gone, but I'm not. And she's like, what? And they the movie does a flashback. And you see Blair Underwood pry himself out of the jaws of an alligator that's that was also part of his right. plan his plan's still going so it's just this is re re-kidnaps kate copshaw and, and an older scarlett johansson right. now and so that's it that they, they, they have they have four they have 48 years he gives them 48 years to find him or he'll kill them <laughs> is connery in it okay. yes yeah they have 48 years <laughs> look you have been given the finance to have your own business associated with Just Cause. I spend that hard earned. Mm-hmm. Mm, that's a good question. Normally, hmm. I don't do something that's too accurate to what they actually did with the film, the mm-hmm. spinoff, but I'm going to. I'm going to kind of riff on it. They had the Lego Joni Shriver Discovery playset when the movie came out. Yeah. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm just going to do like another limited edition of that, and her body's gold. Yeah. Oh, so really? Same place that came out when the movie was released but we reskinned her character shiny dead gold (laughs) my business i mean i think there's room to do some kind of signature action figures from there some special limited edition run of some 
some action figures from this one. Right. You know, Paul Armstrong. You know, I don't think we mentioned that Sean Connery's name right. in here, right? Stretch. Um, yeah. Evangeline. You know, Ruby D's character. Definitely need an action figure. Yeah. Of course, T.J. Wilcox, right. right? Ned Beatty's McNair. Right. I'm reading the IMDb page. Kate Capshaw's Laurie Prentice Armstrong. Get all these right. characters in here. This is how. This is the detail that we had go for when you pull down. Blair Underwood's character's <laughs> pants, Bobby Earl's pants, zero balls there, right? <laughs> but if you pull down Connery's pants, a huge set, right. huge, gigantic, Fishburne, Super Balls, some clackers. Yeah. Everybody's got a gigantic set except Blair Underwood. Oh, yeah. What about the women? Do you get to look at their shenanigans? They got balls too. <laughs> We emphasize the, the that his character has zero balls by giving all the other characters <laughs> balls. Yeah, I love it. Think? Honestly, can you imagine spending three hundred dollars for a cake capture of balls toy? Yes, yeah. I can. Look, mm-hmm. you've been inserted into the running time of Just Cause. You're in the movie. What shape does your performance take? What character would I take? I'm a hatchling, fire-bellied newt in the swamp. Uh, I've burst from my egg. A few of my siblings have yet to do so. But our mother left us someplace safe. No worry about being disturbed. Very safe. We're under this knife, completely covered from the elements, protected. Mm-hmm. Uh, our bodies are soft. We're not ready for the real world. We're not rugged newts yet. And mm-hmm. lo and behold, fucking dudes show up and rip that knife, exposing our soft and fragile forms to the elements and to predators and whatnot. And once oh, again, man. you know fucking circle of life man we were exposed forced into it into adulthood way too soon i don't i don't i don't like my odds poor little guy yes poor little guy sweet little man also named paul armstrong my character is a different alligator in the same swamp swamp where this this climax takes place nick and blair underwood just is getting ripped to shreds. I like where this is going. Just getting chewed up. Just, oh, that alligator is just, nom, nom. just can't wait to sink his t- many teeth into the flesh of this mm-hmm. killer. And doing, what do they call it when the alligator rolls that. you? A death roll or mm-hmm. something? Something horrible. And just, and you're, it's like, it's so forceful. Like you, your, your limbs start to fall apart. It's just this horrible thing. They call happens. it the spirit soggy. Yeah, yeah, that might be it. All this is happening. Blood spewing up like Nightmare on the Street. Like, it's just an insane scene. And the camera pans to my character. And then, like, a very alligatory voice, I'll say, I say, I'll have what he's having. It's a little, little yeah, joke. I like it. What it's do you great. think? It's a good callback. The problem is they have to put the subtitles on because they alligators can't nah, speak, right? Don't. So it's just a, it's a subtitled performance. Right. I'm also wearing like no one realizes, but Sean Connery's hat that he wears. His little I don't know what that is. It's like a sun hat. And all of this mayhem. I think it, the it, proper you know, term floated. is a rising sun hat. And it floated towards me. I'm I'm an alligator. I'm wearing his hat too. Picture yeah. this. Maybe I want to be like human. the mascot for you some know. seafood joint. You know. Look. You got to incorporate something from Just Cause into your everyday life. 
Well, it's going to yeah. be good. Whatever I decide, it's going to be funny. Mine's pretty simple, man. Design. You have what? You know, my 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 activity, my ritual, my mantra, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. You know this about me already. I tend to drag my Vix to the same spot in the swamp. Your Vix. Yeah, my little my little okay. Yeah, my, yeah. my murky charnel house. I kind of just you know, the, the creature uh-huh. habit. You know, I like to get right. those moments squared away in the same spot. So, I mean, I've, I've learned that from Just Cause. You got to take your Vicks to the same spot. Right. To do the, to do the, the nighttime deed, you know. They have, there's a weird part in this movie that we didn't talk about. When they're piecing together that Cape Capshaw worked on this case, they're talking about her Her last name's Prentice or was Prentice. And the guy, the, one of the people is like, is that her maiden name, Prentice, right. you know? And he goes, yeah, that is her maiden name, was. But it's actually still her maiden name, mm-hmm. right? It's not was about it. Right. By the way, you want to talk about an archaic term? Maiden name? I know. You're totally right. Well, I'll. you know what I'll be doing. You know what I'll be incorporating. What's that? Driving into driveways that I, of houses that I don't know like an insane nice. person. Right. You know, hitting 60 as I slam on the brakes right in front of their yeah. garage door. Just wilding up those driveways. Just... You know, just almost just wrecking into the house. That's how fast yeah. I'm going. Hope the brakes work. Hope the brakes are right. good. Trying to get my bumper right up next to the to the house without damaging it. It's a game I'll be playing, and this all because of just right. cause. Yeah, screeching up them driveways. Overconfidence. And last but not least, man, you've been flown to see all these many years carrying debris from films you've seen here on the show. We take them just cause to your island. I might take the sponge toupee. I don't know what you're talking about. So when they electrocute, oh. electrocute, electrocute at Harris's character, they finally give him a little bit of a something to right. put up there. They give him that wet sponge, the cute little wet sponge to, to put there before they strap that horrible thing to mm-hmm. his noggin. Give him a little little poof yeah. up there. You know, it looks like if you kind of squint your eyes, it just looks like he has a little bit of hair up there. Finally, I'll take that sponge. Did they? Do we get to see him die in this? No, the lights. Remember, that's the right, lights go right. out. So that implies that he's super dead. He's yeah. super throat, super gone. Yeah. Well, you know what I'm taking. Duh. Mm, let me guess. The little girl. How dare Pictures. You. I am taking Larry Fishburne. What? Lawrence still walks the earth, right? But there was yeah. a dividing line where Larry ceased to be, and Lawrence continued onward. I'm hanging on to that Larry Fishburne. The predecessor, you are? everything that everything that led up to that moment, I've got that Larry Fishburne. A little less, a little less high wow. on himself, a little more down to earth, chill dude, very talented, and he's sort of my spectral companion. Just kind of one set of footsteps, but two thoughts go. You know, like we're just killing yeah. it together, talking. He, I speak. You know, we just have my. You know, we murmur to one another in the night, and uh, I get to you know pick his brain. He gets to watch me do the unthinkable. <laughs> Would you tell him? This is a question, I, a legitimate question I have for you. Please take it seriously. And if you need time, think about your answer. Would you tell him about his future career? Would you tell him about the Matrix, mo- Matrix movies, for example? No. It's a, it's a different person. Why? He took it is, green but... pill, you know? Get paid. Yeah. Yeah. I got... I'm not gonna tell him that he has he made some huge mistakes. Well, he's gonna find out somehow. I, you might as well be the one now, that do I get the him, news. 
do I get him with Event Horizon on his resume, or is that that's a tough question? They're, they're, oh, that's a good they're question. very that's they're a very question. close I to one another. Might be next. That might be ninety six or ninety seven or ninety eight. It might. It might. I think it's after oh, this. That's a tough poll. When did Mimic come out? Because it came out at the same time. That's a great question. I, I don't care. I don't care about. I don't care about when Mimic fucking came out. So when is Just Cause? Ninety five. That's a good cast on that movie too, Event Horizon. Yeah. So yeah, I'm just gonna. Me and Larry are gonna. You know, hook or crook, we're tied. We're tied to tied together. I'll walk that island with yeah. him, ruminating, and you'll get jealous. You know, you'll see across the way, me and my head down, one set of footprints in the sand, but you know that there's shit going on. Every once in a while when the light hits me just right, you can kind of see the the, the outline of, of that very stout, talented individual. And you, you kind of get like a little wistful. Like, man, he's talking to Larry Fish. What'd you tell him about Osmosis Jones, Biker Boys? <laughs> Would you tell him? Here's the biggest question. Would you tell him about Fled? I can't. Don't I tell can't him about, about Fled. You took him. You took him before he got the chance to work with Stephen Baldwin. I know. Well, no, I took a version of him that was pure, and mm-hmm. you know his uh, his doppelganger went out there and did it. And, and you know, right now he's he doesn't know that Fled exists because he's watching me rake poop towards the ocean. He's like, do I really need to be here for this? Stephen Baldwin, by the way, is he still work? Is he actually allowed to be in films still? There's no way he's not in plenty. Yeah, he still works. He he went right wing, right? Like that's yeah. true. Like he's like kind of yeah, MAGA, yeah. right? Stephen Baldwin, by the way, did this. Man, they got another one. They got another great one. And Frank Sloan was recently uh, in the news for. I mean, he wasn't in the news. He was actually. T- you were in Scotland, <laughs> and it happened. I, you know, I had, I was checking what time it was in Scotland before I did anything. So I don't want to send you something mm-hmm. at a million o'clock or whatever. So like whenever I write time yeah. on my browser, it says time in Scotland because I don't want to send you a picture. I do. I, I have. I wish. Let me things at all so hours. It's fine. I have a picture of Frank Stallone that I was gonna send you. I'll send it to you now. Musician Frank Stallone held a fundraiser for Republican candidate Carrie Lake. Frank is the brother of Sylvester okay. Stallone. Their dad was a migrant. Lake is campaigning against migrants, and he's holding a "Let's Go Brandon" wine bottle photograph. <laughs> Frank Stallone, huh? I mean, to be, to be fair to him, what a piece of shit. You know, like, he just sucks. Like, there's nothing he can do that's good. Like, he just blows. So, like, might as well go all in and just be a chump forever, you know? I mean, he just he just is the worst kind of barnacle. Like, he sucks. Yeah. So, just go all in. Try to, like, get fans that way, I guess. Because you can't get fans from anything else. Right. You're not gonna get fans from being in movies. Right. He's a, he's a he's a lounge singer. He like he he's a musician, yeah. right? Like that's that's how he differentiates from from his successful brother. He like no, I do music. <laughs> what a waste! Is he does he have? Did he produce? Did he reproduce? I don't think he's got kids. He's not. He's, he doesn't have anything about his his personal life. But that doesn't that mean would he doesn't require have one. somebody being willing to edit Wikipedia. I mean, the only the sweetest revenge, the like, kissy sucks so bad, is that he knows it. That's the best part. Like he absolutely knows he sucks, right. and he forever, forever knows it. Forever is haunted by it. Can't get out of it. Now seventy one has sucked for seventy one right. years. <laughs> it's like it's like a huge. It's a huge streak of sucking, and he's still like, "May hey, you know, maybe when I turn seventy two, it's yeah, Frank's he's like, year." Instead, he's sitting there. Maybe he'll be talking a, about a, me. A, banquet beer next to 
Gilbert Schwarzenegger, like, oh man, what a fucking life we lead. Gilbert <laughs> Schwarzenegger. <laughs> <laughs>